What's up? Somebody wake me. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderberg. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're Q&A. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to a chocolate chip cookie edition of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. My name is Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. I'm here, as always, with my co-host and the founder of the Queued Up Podcasting Agency, John Luckenbaugh. John, hello. Jay, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys the tease of chocolate chip cookies, because I have a feeling that uh, we're going to be talking about chocolate chip cookies today with our guest. Matt Stevens of Queued Up. We are going through SEO and the importance of show notes. They are very important. Before we get into talking with Matt, there have been a few things that have occurred recently, uh, specifically with Apple and Spotify, that we should talk about, you know, because they are the, well, I guess one's an 800-pound gorilla and the other one's probably like 300 or 200 pounds in comparison. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the bigger gorilla, and that's Apple. So Apple announced that they are now going to allow podcasters to provide paid subscriptions in their feeds. Uh, Apple is going to charge the podcaster $19.99 a year for access to the service, and then they will take a 30% cut of any of the subscriptions that are sold. The podcaster can set the price at whatever price they feel is appropriate for their audience. I would recommend $5 as a starting point, especially if you're a smaller show, and you can obviously grow from there. And you can obviously offer a lot in a subscription feed. You can offer an ad-free feed. You can offer bonus content. You can do special Ask Me Anything. So you can do, if you're a narrative podcast, maybe you do a retrospective on that particular episode. All sorts of things that you can do with a paid subscription model. 30% to start, depending on the size of your subscription base, Apple will drop that 30% to 15% in the next year. John, is are you excited? Are, are you revved up for this? I'm uh, maybe a little confused <laughs> on this. So, so, Jay, there are hosting companies that provide subscription services. Does this sort of make Apple and Spotify hosting companies now? No, you're not going to host your content with, with Apple or with Spotify. Spotify, interestingly enough, just about a day or two later, <laughs> introduced their own subscription model for podcasters, which is also interesting considering Spotify is a free service that you can buy a premium service from. That's a head scratcher in and of its own. What's the difference between like on Transistor's hosting service where you can set up a subscription feed or a subscription to private podcasting or something what's the difference you will end up creating a new feed for sure especially if like as i mentioned let's say you're using dynamic ads in your podcast obviously that feed is joined with dynamically inserted advertisements and that's all done in the background but you would want to have a clean feed as it's often described without ads in your paid subscription model. 
as you mentioned, there are a lot of services. There are hosting services. You just mentioned Transistor. Libsyn just recently acquired Glow. We talked about that briefly with Evoterra last week. There are services that provide this, the most famous one being Patreon, just to name that. Right. 100 pound gorilla. Uh, (laughs) There's Supercast. I mean, there's literally a ton that you can list off here that offer this type of service. Now, the difference with Apple's, and we'll get to Spotify in a moment, but the difference with Apple's is Apple is going to control the relationship between the subscriber and Apple. The relationship will not be between the subscriber and the podcaster. And many folks out there, including our guest from last week, Evo Terra, has mentioned that this is not good for the podcaster. You want the benefit of having a subscription is to control that relationship with your subscribers. So that's just problem number one. There's a whole bunch of other problems, including the fact that Apple, being Apple, decided to make the switch without telling anybody and they broke what they had going and as of this recording they are still having issues on the technical side of things so it's been a rough road so where do you upload your clean feeds then do they still go to your hosting site and they would just be taken differently into into apple or is that getting directly uploaded to apple that is a great question that i haven't done enough <laughs> digging to find the answers to. So that's why I'm wondering if they essentially become a hosting service for private podcasts, for podcasts for subscription or behind paywall. Hmm. What would be the difference between you doing this through a private subscription through a hosting? And then if you have a podcast website, just set your own cost for being added to that subscription feed. I mean, that seems like a better idea, right? My guess is they're just taking your RSS feed. If you're with a company like Libsyn, Libsyn provides you multiple RSS feeds for your destination. So this would just be another RSS feed that they probably already make anyway at Libsyn. For other places like that only give you one RSS feed, that might be where they may need to change their services so that you can utilize the Apple subscription service. Or if you're on a hosting site that doesn't use dynamically inserted ads, then you shouldn't have a problem anyway. I was thinking it might be similar to distributing an audiobook through Amazon's Audible, but uh, I see that there is no exclusivity clause like Audible has, but like Audible, they would be taking commissions. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've shook my head and I've scratched my head numerous times with this announcement because I've talked about the money tree with Apple for a very long time, not only on this podcast, but on the Always Listening podcast with Joel Sharpton. And if you've bumped into me, you know, at a podcasting conference, I've always talked about the money tree. It's something that Apple could turn on in a second and they would monetize and make, I think I listed it out. I don't remember if we did the math on this podcast, but I know it's pretty close to over a billion dollars in advertising. I don't think they're going to come close to making a billion dollars in subscriptions, even taking only, especially only taking 30% of the cut, which a lot of people have said, wow, that's a hefty cut. It is kind of a hefty cut, but I'm still at an, I don't know. Now, do I think that this will be beneficial for podcasters? It may, but again, I think it's important to understand the size of your audience and the type of audience that you have. If you're in a very niche podcasting space, like 
yachting, for example, you have a small universe of an audience and you perhaps can still charge a subscription rate for your podcast, even though you have a small audience. If you're doing an NFL podcast and you have a small audience, it is very unlikely that you're going to be able to charge a subscription for that because one, there's already a big gorilla in the space charging subscriptions known as the athletic. And two, sports fans don't like to pay for anything. So you're probably not going to be able to charge a subscription if you have a smaller audience. If you have a larger audience, you know, a sizable audience, and I'm talking about at least five numbers large, then you can probably get away with the subscription. And there might be a few out there with a four number large, certainly not charging subscription for an audience of only three numbers large. Does this affect podcasters that don't want to have a subscription? No, this is still the same Apple. Now, you do have to sort of understand if Apple's now got skin in the game and they're making money, is it going to be more imperative for them to promote the shows that are going to make them money versus the shows that aren't making them money? This has always been something I've talked about with concern about when the gorillas do start making money, what happens to the little guy? Now, again, there are many other avenues here that exist. There's a Spotify now. There's an Amazon Music now. There's a Pandora now. There's Podcasting 2.0 by Adam Curry, which also has its own little monetization solution for independent podcasters. There are a lot of different options now for podcasters. You don't necessarily have to rely on Apple. Yes, Apple is still the biggest gorilla and the biggest portion of audience that is out there, but there are other options to make things work if Apple's not working for you. So they have this paid yearly plan for the subscription service. Do you think they're ever going to have something like that just to join Apple in general? Like if you want a podcast and you got to pay $20 a year to be to be put out on, on Apple's podcasting platform? That would be interesting, but then that's exactly what podcasting 2.0 has always been about. Adam Curry's saving podcasting once again, as he likes to put it, but that's exactly what that's all about. Apparently, part of the breaking of the Apple ecosystem as they are trying to make the switch was it turned off their API, which like every other app that's out there pulls their library off of the Apple API. So they all had to make quick adjustments as they realized that their shows were missing or they weren't getting new feeds, new episodes, uh, and they all had to make adjustments. And interestingly enough, they all made adjustments to podcasting 2.0, or a lot of them did. Blueberry also has a fairly active database of every single podcast uh, available in the ecosphere. So if something were to happen to the 800-pound gorilla that podcasters didn't like, there are already fail-safes in place to keep podcasting free and open. Good. Let's get to the 200-pound gorilla then. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> so Spotify has announced that they are also offering a paid subscription. And again, I haven't done enough digging into this to see exactly how this works. But as I mentioned before in talking about this, so you can buy a subscription to an individual podcast while on Spotify, 
but you could also buy a premium subscription to Spotify. It just like there's too many subscriptions to buy. I did see that there was a woman at Spotify doing the earnings announcements uh, who mentioned that she didn't think this was a long-term solution. She doesn't see customers wanting to pay a bunch of micropayments, especially for podcasts. And I agree. Honestly, I don't. I The paid subscription model, it is an option. I've always mentioned it is a tributary to your revenue stream. You do not want to just make that your all or nothing solution to monetizing your podcast. Now, making it a secondary, tertiary, quadruciary option in your revenue making that's smart. And absolutely, you should investigate that. But don't make it your all or nothing. I'll be like, well, I, I already have ads, so I can't have a subscription model. No, you can absolutely have a subscription model and ads. Yes, and by can. the way, you can have a subscription model and ads in this subscription model. And if you don't believe me, just go ask uh, Hulu or Hulu Lite or Hulu Premium, or there's all sorts of different versions of all of those different streamers out there. And this one is a little more fascinating too, because Spotify then announced that they have a deal in place with Facebook. I think Facebook was the one that initially make the announcement that there's now an in-app player. Now, I want to point this out because I just read in the most recent uh, pod news from James Cridlin, as of the recording of this particular podcast, the player works only in the app. So if you're on your phone, if you're on your browser on your phone, or if you're like me and you're old and you still use an actual computer, you're not going to see a player for Facebook yet. I say yet because I'm assuming that it will still be coming for browsers. But at the present time, you're only going to see the player on Facebook when you're in the app. Okay, so you're in Facebook and you've got a Spotify player. So how does that list as an agent on your hosting stats? Will that come in as Facebook now, or you think that's still going to be Spotify? Excellent question, John. I cannot say 100% for certain, but my guess is because it is a Spotify player, you're going to see a Spotify agent in your stats, making Spotify that much more important. Because, as we have talked about all along about social media on this podcast, engaging with your audience where your audience is, is super important. The fact that they will now be able to engage with you on Facebook, and yes, Facebook skews older, but as much as it skews older, there is still a giant audience using Facebook, right? I think we mentioned that during the last Edison research. As we saw these growing platforms, the point was still made, 92% of Americans 12 plus are, are on Facebook. So yeah. Facebook still has its spot having a podcast player might actually lead to more Facebook use, especially amongst older people, and opens up that opportunity to grow that older audience. That's what I was going to ask. Our generation of audience, right, Jay? Yes. So our generation that seems to be flat right now in terms of growth, but also like our parents who are now also starting to get into this technology stuff and going, oh, right. These podcasts are kind of cool. Oh, you mean, oh, these old radio dramas, they're, they're all online now. <laughs> that was one of the best conversations I've ever had with, with my mom and stepfather. I, listen, I get to listen to all these old radio dramas. They're all <laughs> online now. 
Yeah, you do. It's fantastic. That's what podcasting is all about. And honestly, that is what podcasting is all about. Yeah. Making content available that isn't readily available anymore. And honestly, radio is a medium that once it goes out, it's gone. It's, it's out. It's in the ether and you never hear it again. Podcasting, it's out there and it stays out there forever. And people can come back and listen to it whenever. Somebody can come back and listen to your breakdown of the New England Patriots' last Super Bowl championship, even though that was many, many moons ago. Decades ago. Eras ago. It wasn't decades ago. Let's, <laughs> let's put the brakes on that one there. <laughs> Will be decades ago. <laughs> Stop it. Point being, a podcast is forever. Get down on one knee and propose with a podcast, and people will come back and listen to it whenever they want. That's why dynamic ads are so interesting, because you can monetize your entire catalog for the life of your podcast. And the life of your podcast is, in theory, forever or until you delete it off the internet. And even then, is it really deleted? That's a story for another podcast. Shall we talk about chocolate chip cookies, John? We should. Our third time on the podcast, friend of the podcast and team member here at the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting, Matthew Stevens. Welcome back again, Matt. Hey, thanks again for having me. It's, it's nice to be on a third time. You know, it sort of helps that you're an SEO expert because there's a lot of things to talk about with SEO, it turns out. There is. There is. And it's something that uh, every podcaster should be using more efficiently or, or at all in some cases in order to get themselves more viewers, which is our listens or downloads or subscribers, however we want to measure it. But that's precisely what they should be doing. I imagine that's exactly what they're listening here for. And if you haven't heard any of Matthew's wonderful appearances here on the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting, we invite you to go check out our archives wherever podcasts are heard. Uh, Matthew's name is going to be right there in the title. It's going to be right there in the show descriptions and our show notes. And oh, it just so happens we're talking about show descriptions and show notes. And possibly, Matthew, if I may, one of the most important reasons to have a show description is for an instance, just like this, where I want to promote something that I've done on this particular podcast. And lo and behold, there's an easy way to find that information. Yes, exactly. Uh, show notes are podcast descriptions for each individual episode. Basically sell that episode. What are you going to be talking about in that episode? And in this instance, as people have already clicked on, they're already listening. So they've already gotten the show description, but it is, uh, it, it's, it's about show descriptions and, and you know, that's what you're getting before you ever click on it, which is exactly, hopefully what you want. They can be used as a great reference for your audience, but do they also increase your authority? They can. Uh, so show descriptions, first and foremost, are a backup of your title. So your title has whatever it's going to be about, whatever your show is going to be about. Your show description then goes into, uh, and backs that up confirms that so that way the audience member knows that it's not clickbait title they know that what you're actually going to discuss in the show is is there uh, so in turn that gives that episode just that little bit more authority and, and allows you to from an seo perspective use your keywords continuously throughout and, and rank in those ways it seems like it's an easy way to add information to your site without having to continually create fresh content that's exactly what it's for uh, from a marketing perspective, again, it's it's the label on the can of the goods you're going to buy. You want to make sure that you know what's inside of it before you, you try to open it up and it turns out it's dog food. 
as we discussed on a previous appearance here in our podcast description, obviously my bona fides, John's resume are highlighted in that podcast description because we're the two people that people are going to hear on every single episode of this particular podcast. However, the episode description now gives us an opportunity to put your bona fides in, Matthew, to highlight your expertise as an expert without having to redo our podcast description each and every time. Exactly, exactly. So the podcast description itself is for the overarching show. What is the podcast on podcasting actually about? Your individual episodes allows you to dial in specifically to what that specific episode is. So as you mentioned, the overall thing is going to be about you and John and your expertise. This episode is going to be more about my expertise. And then again, specifically what we're talking about. So things like best practices, things like why you should be doing show descriptions or episode descriptions and show notes, uh, some of the things you should be including in your show notes. That's what our show note is actually going to be talking about today. Another good benefit is that it allows the listener to actually listen to Jay's experience and your your nuggets of information without having to take a pencil and paper and, and write notes throughout the episode that they can just go to the show notes and there's all the information we talked about. There's all your links that you can follow and it gives them a, a more of a chance to relax and enjoy your content. Yes, yes. So if you do show notes properly, that's exactly it. They're able to go ahead and use that as a table of contents almost to your episode that allows them to go through and find specific pieces of content in that episode that maybe either they want to specifically listen to or that they want to go back and remember again if they're going back through a second time. It also allows you to include links and things that you maybe talked about. Uh, you'll know in our show, show notes previously, you know, with the Apple podcast numbers and things like that, we include those links in there. So that way, hey, we talked about it. Here's the rest of the information over here. Uh, or, or in this case, we'll, we'll probably be including some other things uh, in, in our links uh, later in, in the bottom of these show notes. And John, I approached this particular topic rather delicately, but we have discussed this in private in the past. And when we talk about providing links, queued up, we are the queued up podcast on podcasting. Queued up is spelled Q apostrophe D U P. However, the website is QD hyphen up.com. Uh, to make all of these things easier, we could easily just say, go to queued The link is in our show notes, uh, instead of spelling all that out. Although there will be people that won't bother looking at the show notes and you still have to spell it out. But all in all, <laughs> I think the point I'm trying to make here is that our branding, we understand, can be a little difficult to follow along with. There are links in the show notes that can help you out there. Yeah. So show notes aren't going to be useful to every listener, uh, as, as you stated there. If you can make it easier on even one listener, you, you've hooked that listener. You've made sure that they're going to digest your content better. And for podcasts, that's exactly what you want them to do. If they digest your content, if they like your content, if they go through and do the research afterwards and check out your show notes, chances are you've got them hooked. Uh, so this allows you just to further engage with your audience members as you go along with each individual episode, which the name of the game is always engagement and marketing. So we talked about adding the links in the show notes, and you talked about adding like time codes for specific sections and topics. What else is there that you can add to uh, to the show notes? So my breakdown of show notes can include really any of the following a uh, few things I'll specifically call out description of your specific episode. So you want to use like about a hundred words or so to describe that episode. And you can also, you should use your keywords in there. Uh, 
Uh, again, you're, you're using your description to back up your title. So if your title, uh, my favorite topic, chewy chocolate chip cookies, uh, you want to make sure that you have chewy chocolate chip cookies in your show description. There better be a reference to Nana sweater in this description <laughs> here, Matthew, or I'm, or I'm walking off the set. Right that's now. in the show links. Uh, <laughs> okay. Got it. So that, that first description, again, that's your main sale selling point. That's the point where you're going to engage readers. You're going to engage your audience members and get them to click on your show. Guest breakdown. If you have a guest in specific, like we will hear, like I'll give a little bit about my background in our show notes. Uh, Timestamp content breakdown. So each individual part as we're talking about, you know, we're about show notes. What are show notes? Parts of show notes, best practices of show notes. Those are individual little subsections in which we can, again, use our keywords and also break things down a little bit easier for the reader and for your, your listener to then go back and go, ah, what was it that he said something about a number of words we need to use? Where is that? Boom. Well, there's the timestamp right for it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, frequently asked questions are another good one. I do say that uh, frequently asked questions can be a bit of a slippery slope. If it's certain content, medical content is always tough because unless you're a doctor and you're willing to put your name on the line there, you probably don't want to be answering questions that are pretty generic. Some of those things can get a little touchy. So use your, your best judgment in that regard. But again, a frequently asked question allows you to, again, tap into the questions your audience members might be asking so that way you can rank for those specific things. So in this case, what are podcast show notes might be a keyword we want to do. Well, that would be perfect for a frequently asked question section. Then your show links. And then most importantly, really, your calls to action. So things like click on our social, go to Q.website, contact Jay, contact John, contact Matt. Here's how to do those things. Or sign up for our services or listen to our next episodes. Find us on wherever. Those calls to action allow you to, again, further engage with your audience members uh, in a way that's just easier on them and easier on you, as Jay pointed out. Just click on the show links later on. I think another thing that I like to put in show notes, Matt, is the embedded player. So if you're putting it on your site, I think it's a good place that after your episode description, you embed your actual episode player for people to listen to. Absolutely. If you are putting things on your website and it does not include your, your player, you're doing it wrong. Your description should go first because that's your first hundred words. That's where you're going to be uh, involving the most keywords from a search engine optimization standpoint. That's kind of the best way to do it. Uh, and then putting your player underneath of it is good, but certainly the, there is a metric for putting it above the fold as well, above your description. That will also make sense, but it is going to hurt your search engine optimization. And with all of these things, there's no golden ticket. There's no golden road to perfect the exact steps you need to do. You're going to need to play around with it. Try one with it above the fold. Try with it below the description. Try a few different uh, configurations of these things, and you're going to find out what works best for your audience, both in terms of search engine optimization and in terms of just having good content that people actually read. As a podcasting consultant, and on that last point that Matthew just brought up, I will always, till the end of my days, if podcasting is your number one priority and having people listening to your podcast is your number one priority, then your podcast player has to be the very first thing people see it has to be right there above the fold in front of everything else. And then everything else comes next. If that comes with a little bit of a ding to your SEO, well, remember your priority is people listening to your podcast. If people discovering your podcast is more of your priority, then 
I would probably lean a little bit towards what Matthew is saying and play around with it a little bit. Is the positioning of your podcast player more important to be at the top or at the bottom of the particular description that you're talking about? Yeah, with any type of marketing, you have to play your positives and your negatives here, your pros and your cons. So in this instance, you want people to listen to your episode, you probably want to make sure that it's easy to do that and that they don't have to go searching for it. Uh, At the same time, that is going to ding you on SEO. So you have to take that into account and you have to make sure that you're doing the other things really, really well. So that way it doesn't ding you as bad and you can kind of recover for some of those things. You got to play around with it. You got to see what's going on. And as Jay mentioned, uh, putting it above the fold, probably the best bet. So you have a long page of show notes. Is there a way to break it up for people visually so it doesn't just blend into one page of of notes? Yes. Uh, So that's actually one of the best practices. Um, You want to, just like a a book, you want to have chapters, you want to have subheadings, you want to have those things. Uh, That's where you're allowed to use your heading one tags, H1 tags for those coders out there, or your H2 tags. Those are going to be your primary Uh, pushers of keywords. So when Google scans your content, when any search engine scans your content, they're looking for things in bold. They're looking for headings. So again, your H1 or your H2 tags to say these specific sentences, these specific words are of the utmost importance. Now, just like we discussed before, keyword stuffing is a negative thing. Bolding everything or just bolding your keyword, not good. It's also going to tick off your your readers as well because it just looks janky and that's not great. What I typically like to do is, again, use your keywords in your subheadings. So when we talk about uh, guest breakdown, Matthew Stevens, podcast SEO expert. So that way we've got my name in there. Podcast SEO is going to be probably our keyword in this instance uh, and do that as an H1 tag. That's going to allow you to, again, you, you have good content. It makes sense. It's easy to read. But I'm also telling Google that that specific keyword is of the utmost importance. That, again, just allows you to break it down that way so that way it's easier to read, which really is is the best way to do anything when it comes to marketing. Now, Matt, you sort of let a little bit of the cat out of the bag, although I don't think we were really hiding it too much, and that you write our show notes for this particular podcast. John, uh, as I have mentioned, is the editor of this particular podcast. And me, I'm just here for my pretty face. <laughs> but but we're a team. So we have a team that works on this particular podcast. And obviously, you can hire our team to help you with some of these things. But the independent podcaster may not want to have a team or, or may not be able to afford a team or for whatever reasons, they decide a team isn't what works for them. What if they were to use a service that gives them a transcription? Would you recommend using transcriptions for show notes? Why or why not? So this is one of those things that it's, you got to juggle. Uh, if you have an hour and a half long podcast, well, that's a lot of words and no one wants to read that. I'll say it right now. The percentage pretty slim. I don't want to read it. So uh, you're going to throw off readers. And one thing with search engine optimization, you do have to think about is your bounce rate. A bounce rate is kind of what it sounds like. It's the users that go onto your website and go, Oh no. And leave immediately. That's bad. That's bad for your search engine optimization. Google absolutely tracks that and goes, well, clearly that's not the content that we thought users actually wanted. Let's lower it down the list until the bounce rate stops being so bad. So whatever people see a wall of text, they're usually going to go ahead and click off. However, there are some SEO benefits there. So for shorter podcasts, yeah, maybe it makes sense. 
I might include it as in, in a different format. If you have your website, maybe include it as a, as a separate page, allow people to go get the show notes that way. Uh, there are a few different ways you want to do that. But certainly, if you don't use your keywords in your, your show throughout the whole thing, then there's no point in putting the transcription in there. It's not going to do you any favors. And all it's going to do is just tick everyone off. So don't do it. When you post up the, the show notes on your website or within the podcast, is there like a minimum that you should look for? Does, like, does Google have a minimum number of words? There are no hard and fast rules when it comes to this. The rule that I've found works most often is a hundred words. You need to have a minimum of 100 words. That just tells Google that there is content on this page that could potentially be relevant. There's enough there to where it could be potentially relevant. A thousand words, probably where you're going to want to be most of the time when you're talking about long form show notes like this. Uh, that's probably where I would, I would start thinking about trimming it back a little bit again, because you have that wall of text. So a hundred words, minimum thousand, uh, I'd start wondering what you're putting in there. So can you treat these as like a blog post as a separate blog post? You kind of can. It's not a bad way to do that. Again, you're able to get the episode on your website, which is important. You're able to go ahead and promote it to your social channels, which is important. You're able to go ahead and, and have it up there from an SEO perspective, which is important. You're able to have another URL with hopefully your keyword in it, which is important. All of these things factor in. If you've got a website, absolutely do it. There's no reason not to. Harkening back to some of the content that we've talked about in previous episodes, uh, I've mentioned Evo Terra and his belief that all of podcasting is moving towards there not being one dominant listening app, where all of the listening apps are ultimately going to end up ranking equally. Uh, whereas right now, Apple is dominant, but you have Spotify in the second and some of the others there in third. When they all rank equally, then they'll all be the same. The best way to promote your podcast from that particular point will be to promote them to your website. Let your audience discover your podcast via your website using the SEO best practices so that as they're searching for things to listen to, they find your website. Then they can determine uh, from your website which of the listening apps best fits their lifestyle. So if they happen to have an iPhone, well, I'm going to go subscribe on Apple. If they have an Android phone, maybe I'll use Spotify. Maybe I'll just use the Google podcast app uh, as Google shows me that these podcasts exist when I'm searching for these topics that I want to listen to more of. Ultimately, I do believe websites are going to become super important to podcasters and having your own website versus having a third-party website is going to become even that much more important as well. One of the, the tenets of good marketing is bringing your user into your ecosphere. So if you get them on your website, you're allowed to engage with them more. You're able to throw other blog posts that might be relevant to their interests in front of them. You're able to have contact pages. You're able to push them to your social pages. You're able to do a lot of other things to them if they're on your site. If they're just listening on a third-party platform, that's not bad. That's certainly where most of your listeners are probably going to be coming from. But any more times that you can engage with your listeners, with your subscribers, with your, your fans, the better off you're going to be. So having a website is maybe not the most important thing anymore in terms of this, but man, is it growing by the day where you probably should have a pretty simple website at the very least to, to help yourself out. So then show notes would definitely help build community and relationships with your audience then. Yes, yes, absolutely. Again, anytime you're able to get them on your website, you're able to build a community and 
the largest podcasters have the largest communities. They engage with those communities in various ways. The more often you're in front of someone's face, the more often they're going to remember you and the more often they're going to listen to your show. And again, I mean, that, that's what you're here for. You're here to go ahead and get more downloads. You're here to get more people to not fall off from your podcast. This is the easiest way to do it, really. What do you think about writing out like quotes and easy things to share and tweet? Would those be something that you should add into your show notes? Absolutely. Those are things that we do as well uh, when it comes to both this podcast and some others as well that we, we do some services on. Grabbing little snippets here while you're listening to your podcast, while you're even talking for that matter of, hey, this section, I, I make a really good Nana sweater joke, <laughs> you know, th things like that. Then you're able to go ahead and create those quotes where people can share them. If you do graphics individually, again, social is huge there uh, when it comes to that. But it just allows people to grab some more of the content that really they're, they're wanting. I'm still waiting for the chewy chocolate chip cookie recipe. Honestly, I still haven't seen that formulated yet. I keep promising it's it. going to be in the show notes one of these days. I need to get a good chewy <laughs> chocolate chip cookie recipe is, is the truth. Well, that's a lot on SEO, Matthew. We, this is your third episode here with us. However, I have a strange inkling that we're not done with you yet. I have a feeling at some point down the road, there's going to be more SEO questions that we're going to have to ask you about. And on top of that, you do more than just SEO. Yes. Uh, I'm a writer uh, primarily, and while I do focus on marketing uh, and SEO efforts, yeah, I, I do a lot of show notes in general, SEO or not, for queued up. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? You can find me on Twitter at Matthew S underscore NFL. That's primarily for my football stuff. So if you're a football fan, come on in. If you want to go ahead and get SEO services or show notes, or you want us to do kind of what we talked about here, uh, go ahead and contact John at queued up and, and you'll be able to hire us, hire me. And just a reminder, all of these links are in the show notes. Okay, John, that, uh, that was a great conversation with Matt. And I love the fact that he keeps bringing up chocolate chip cookies on every episode. He might have a problem trying to do that going forward, though. Why is that, Jeff? Well, John, oh, uh, we, Jay, we don't break the news. We, we have we have unfortunately come to the end of the road for me. Now, not the literal end of the road. Holy moly. <laughs> that, would, that would be a terrible thing. Now, I'm sure by the time that this podcast is released, the news will be out that I have accepted a new role uh, with Westwood One as the Vice President of Digital Programming Operations. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, Jeff. Somebody finally took me up on that consulting offer. And, <laughs> and they made it more than a consulting gig. The position requires me to to step down from talking about the everyday business of podcasting. So this will be my last episode speaking on the podcast. Now I'm sure I'll be allowed to come back for a guest visit from time to time. And I do look forward to doing that. But uh, for at least the near future, my microphone will be going dark. So it's been a pleasure, John. Hopefully people have gotten a lot for me over the last absolutely i mean we've only done this for what six months now a little over yeah. six months uh and before that with always listening i actually had to go back to an old always listening episode just recently uh to share with a person so again the beauty of podcasting as we mentioned at the top of the show there it's there forever uh, if you need to go back and reference something you can uh and it's there uh, and as a matter of fact, it turned out the article I was talking about in the podcast was no longer available on the web, but 
but the, the podcast was the audio was available so that's Great. again the beauty of of what i've done and I, hopefully i've helped a few of you out there i hope you've learned something I hope i've entertained you along the way i really hope that matt finds that chocolate chip cookie recipe because i could really use it good chocolate chip right now that'd be really really delicious it'd be fine but um unfortunately uh my broadcasting days have uh have come to a pause i'll say pause that is a good way to say it jay i mean i appreciate the, your commentary your opinions your thoughts that you shared over the last 29 episodes it's uh it's been wonderful talking to you each week and I'm looking forward to having you on as a guest. The Cuda podcast will continue on, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to having you on again in the future. You know, since I went by Pod Vader, you should just refer to Matt as Cookie Monster, <laughs> so you can still have sort of a silly nicknamed co-host on the show. <laughs> Think you go for it? I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> Potty monster? No, that wouldn't work. That that doesn't no no that doesn't work. Pod pod monster. Pod monster. That doesn't. You uh, don't get the idea uh, that there's a cookie involved. Cookie podster. Well, you you have pod Yoda. And you have pod Vader. What other pod solo? <laughs> pod solo. Pod solo. That, that's not bad. Yeah, pod or solo. Um. Pod chewy. Chewy pod. <laughs> <laughs> Chewy pod. <laughs> that does bring back chocolate chip cookies. It does. <laughs> well, we shall see. <laughs> Assuming you people have, have listened to this wonderful band <laughs> and you're looking for help from John and Pod Chewy, uh, <laughs> how can people do so, John? You can reach us at our through our website, which is qdup.com qd-up.com through our email info at qdup.com or through any of our social channels and how about you jay how we get a hold of you going forward well i'm still available on all those social medias uh, at the real pod vader my dms will remain open so i have no problems uh saying hello and talking with you uh i'm also on linkedin pod vader uh so you can catch me there you can reach me at nextfanup at gmail.com. But unfortunately, I am no longer talking on that podcast either. The social media is probably the best way to get in touch with me, either on Twitter or on LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. A few years ago when I left ESPN, I said, so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> on, my, on my last podcast, I said, I'll talk to you later. I don't know how I'm going to end this one. John, I don't... <laughs> I guess... Uh, I guess I could just say I'll talk to you later here, too. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Whoa! Again! I'm not dead, people! I'm still alive! I mean, as a guest, not a co-host, as a guest, right? All right. Well, there you go. I'll, I'll, see, you, I'll see you on a later episode. Yeah. How about that? Perfect. There you have it.